Well, greetings to each of you. Welcome back to another episode of The Shakedown. I am Warden Aaron Dawson, your host. Glad to be back with you for another episode. Uh, really enjoyed having Lieutenant Motes with us the last time. I hope you all uh, enjoyed having him and definitely going to have him uh, come back on uh, the podcast with us, uh, especially as we continue through this, this series on officer survival. Uh, if you're just jumping in, just uh, talking about some topics, uh, not necessarily surviving an altercation or or an assault or uh, things like that, but more the uh, the things that 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 we don't necessarily think about uh, that could impact uh, the longevity of our career, things that could take us out of uh, being in the field of corrections. And so, uh, like I said, enjoyed having Lieutenant Motes uh, with us talking about stress. And as I said, we'll definitely get him back on as we continue in this in this series. Uh, but I wanted to take a, some time today and talk about how do we deal with a crisis, dealing with a crisis. And first of all, uh, we need to define what, what we're talking about when we say a crisis. And the truth of the matter is, that is a never-ending list. I mean, you would think of things like you know, a riot, or you would think of things like, uh, you know, uh, our jail is, is built uh, alongside uh, a set of railroad tracks. And so, you know, we have to consider a train derailment. Uh, or maybe you think about a, a storm, uh, Mike Haley uh, uh, from Louisiana, uh, he taught last year in Jailcom about how their jail had to deal with the hurricanes and the things they had to deal with. That was a crisis uh, that they were confronted with. Um, but as I said, the list goes on and on and on. And, uh, you know, something that's that's <laughs> fresh on our, on our minds in recent events is, is dealing with COVID. I mean, sure, we, you know, we considered uh, dealing with illness or disease or sickness within our facilities, uh, but... Uh, had we thought about what we would do if we had a, a disease or an illness that was uh, prevalent among the, the society as a whole, and how do we protect ourselves as a correctional facility? I know our, our nurse administrator, uh, Ms. Charlotte, when that was kicking off, we sat down and we were like, look, we've, we've got to come up with a plan. We've got to come up with a way to deal with this if we have an outbreak of COVID within our facility. And, and just, you know, my sense of humor as we started to work on that, I wrote down and said, we're going to call this the sky is falling uh, manual. So if the sky falls, what are we going to do? And we had to think through that process and prepare for that crisis. You know, uh, thankfully, uh, you know, we were blessed and, and we didn't have a, a huge outbreak, but I know that I've talked to folks that uh, they did struggle and deal with uh, COVID within their facility. So how do we deal with those crises? What, what are some things that we can do, uh, regardless of the level uh, that we're at in, uh, in our, our position in corrections, whether we're a line officer, you know, a frontline supervisor, a midline supervisor, we're a member of the administration. Uh, you know, if, if how are we going to prepare and how are we going to deal with a crisis? Well, I'd say the first thing that we need to consider is, is that word I just used, and that is prepare. You know, and as in law enforcement, often we talk about playing the what if game. You know, what if this happens? What would I do? Uh, what if this happens? What resources would I have available? Uh, what if uh, this is this, you know, there was this storm or there was this train derailment or, or there was this infection among our inmate population of some illness or disease? What if that happens? What resources do I have available? 
Um, you know, what, what actions will I need to take? What preparations do I need to take now uh, just in case that takes place? We need to identify the what-ifs, and that's going to be regional. Uh, that's going to be something that, that's probably going to be specific to your facility. There are going to be some things that are specific, but there's going to be other things that every jail you know, has got to deal with. You know, how are you going to deal with an escape? How are you going to deal with a riot? How are you going to deal with a food shortage? How are you going to deal with, you know, the list goes on and on and on. But we need to identify uh, the what ifs. And then secondly, we need to identify what are we going to need to do for each of those things on that list? And I'll tell you, uh, you know, most agencies have a, a something resembling a crisis management manual, uh, you know, that, that dictates what we do when this happens or when that happens. And, and I've been working on, uh, and I say been working on uh, about two years now, I've been working on updating hours for uh, Morgan County and the correct facility here. But one thing I realized as I began to dig into this is that it's almost impossible to think of and prepare for every single uh, potential action or, or event that's going to take place. And another thing that I noticed was is that there are a lot of them that are that are very similar. Um, and so, you know, I could make preparations or I could think through preparations for those things and kind of group those group those things together. But I've got to think through. I've got to identify. I've got to identify the what ifs. I've got to identify what is it that I'm going to need to do for each of those situations. Uh, you know, in our agency in the sheriff's office here, you know, we talked about uh, when COVID uh, started, and and you know, we talked about well, what if there's there's shortages, whether it be water, whether it be uh, fuel for the county vehicles, whether it be food. And so we, we got to looking at, all right, what are we going to need to operate if we can't get food? If, you know, our, our food providers are like, look, we hadn't got it. We can't deliver anything. You know, what are we going to do? Uh, do we need to uh, have an emergency stockpile of, of non-perishable food on hand that we could, you know, we could survive? You know, do we need to buy some fuel tanks and keep fuel on hand uh, to be able to uh, be prepared for that water, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? What is it that we're going to need to, to do for each of those what ifs. And once we start uh, thinking through that process, uh, thirdly, uh, we, we need to articulate exactly what it is that we need and exactly what it is that we're going to do in response to that crisis, whatever it may be. We need to write it down. We need to get together with, with others and, and discuss it and talk about what is it that, that we're going to do. If this happens, if this what if happens, uh, we've got these tools in place. We've got this, uh, these supplies in place. We're going to do step one is this. Excuse me. Step two is this. Step three is this. We need to articulate it. And if possible, we need to practice it. Uh, you know, they say that when a crisis hits or when, you know, when you have to, when you have to deal with something in the moment, uh, you're only going to be as good as your training. Uh, well, you know, there's a lot of things that, kind of concerns me when I think about that because how much have I, how much as as have we as an agency prepared and trained uh, for these potential crises uh, that need to be? One of the things that's awesome about training for these things is, is you realize that sometimes what made sense on paper doesn't really make sense uh, when you put it into practice. And so there's going to be adjustments that need to be made. And you say, okay, I know that's what we thought, but that, that's not going to work. So we need to cross that out and we need to replace it uh, with this. You know, so we articulate, we practice, and we adjust. Uh, you know, when I was a shift supervisor, 
uh, sergeant, one of my responsibilities uh, here at Morgan County is I was responsible for the cert team. And, you know, we would spend time uh, practicing, you know, weekly and monthly. We would spend time practicing, you know, cell extractions or or responding to a riot or, um, you know, someone trying to breach the facility or someone trying to attempt to escape. We would practice those things and we'd walk through, the, you know, these roles. We'd walk through this and say, all right, your job is this, your job is this, your job is this. All right, go. And I remember, you know, when we would, when we would practice with our cell extraction teams, myself and one of the other supervisors often, uh, you know, we we play the role of the inmate, and so we get in this cell, and you know, we give them a scenario, and we close the door, and here we are in this cell, and uh, and try to come up with some scenarios uh, that they that the extraction team might not be expecting that that an inmate or inmates might uh, you know try doing. I remember one time, uh, you know, we're in the cell, and, and this other supervisor and I, you know, we had taken some we had taken some shampoo in in the cell with us, and so after we. You know, close the cell door. We flag the window on the cell, and we, you know, we squirted this shampoo all over the floor, slung water on the floor, and then we went to the back of the cell. And you know, here they come. They make entrance, and I tell you what, escapades had nothing on this extraction team. I mean, they were slipping, sliding, falling all over the place. I mean, they weren't prepared. They weren't prepared for that. And had that been an actual extraction, uh, it'd have been a train wreck, y'all. Somebody would have gotten hurt and gotten hurt very badly uh well you know we stopped the scenario and after we uh you know the other supervisor and i got over our fits of laughter and and they got over their irritation uh you know we went with another scenario but we circled back to that scenario again i'm gonna tell you the second time uh, when they came in and they and they hit that shampoo they were prepared they were they're mentally they were prepared physically they were prepared they were ready they were ready and they handled it uh they took care of business and they did it well so articulate practice and adjust and and you know uh when we think about crisis that that uh we're gonna have to deal with often i mean just in those illustrations i just gave often we think about crisis that would be facility-wide but maybe you're a line officer uh maybe you're a frontline supervisor and you say look i appreciate it warden but you know i'm not responsible for site-wide or, or facility-wide crisis response. You know, I'm responsible for this number of people. I'm responsible for this area. Um, you know, I, I'm not responsible for that. I'm going to be the one that they tell and say, all right, here's your role. Here's what you do. And that, and that may be true. But most crises are not going to be facility-wide. It's going to be dealing with that single inmate. It's going to be dealing with that one housing unit. It's going to be dealing with that that one person in, in the lobby or out in the parking lot, uh, as the case may be. It's not going to be a facility-wide deal. So you as a line officer, you as, as a frontline supervisor, what would qualify as a crisis in your mind? Maybe you're doing a visual inspection. You're, you're walking through the housing unit, and an inmate out of nowhere jumps on top of you. Uh, that's a crisis. That's a crisis. Maybe you're coming in and do head count. You're coming in to, uh, to do rack down. <coughs> Excuse me. You're coming out, coming in to, to pass out hygiene or, or serve chow, whatever the case may be. And man, something pops off right there in your face. That's a crisis. Are you prepared for that? Are you prepared for that? What if? So articulate it, practice it, you know, talk to your other, talk to your other officers that, that are, that, uh, that you work with and make adjustments. Uh, as need be. 
But the last thing I want to mention uh, about this in, in, in this on this episode of this podcast, guys, is that when it happens, let's say you're prepared. I mean, you identify the what ifs. You know, what am I going to need? You know, what's what what tools, what personnel, whatever the case might be. We we've identified what we're going to need. We've articulated it. We've practiced. We've adjusted our plan and we perfected our plan. In the moment, what do we need to do to deal with a crisis? And we'll tell you a lot of this. A lot of that is going to be psychological. It's going to be mental preparation. The first thing I would tell you is when you're facing a crisis, when you're dealing with a crisis is, the first thing I'm going to tell you to do is breathe. And you say, well, that's slightly ridiculous. Of course I'm going to breathe. Uh, you know, that, that that's part of human nature. Yeah, it is part of human nature. But I'm going to tell you, the conscious thought of I'm facing this, breathe will make a huge difference. I don't know why it is. It's probably part of that fight or flight uh, that we deal with as human beings. Um, but man, something happens and we hold our breath. And like we're, like we're, you know, we're froze. We're, we hold our breath. We're, we're uh, you know, uh, walling ourselves off from whatever it is that, that we're dealing with. Breathe, breathe, take a breath. Uh, the second thing I would tell you is get help. Now, I mean, let's say somebody jumps on you and I mean, you're just, you're just fighting for your life. Well, yeah, you may not be able to get help right away, but as soon as you are able, get on that radio, hit that intercom button, whatever the case may be, and get some help. I tell our officers here at Morgan County that I don't, I'm not looking to hire a bunch of Lone Rangers. And I think it's funny that even when you think about the Lone Ranger, uh, the fictional character, the Lone Ranger, even though he was the Lone Ranger, he still had Tonto. <laughs> he still had his partner. He still had somebody there to help him face whatever it was that he faced. And so I tell my guys here at Morgan County, I'm not looking to hire Lone Rangers. We are a team. We are the staff of the jail. We're here to assist each other. What makes this work is that we don't act one-on-one or three-on-whatever. We come with force. It's the team. So breathe Get some help. The third thing that I would tell you, it's going to sound kind of funny, but but bear with me. The, the third thing I would tell you is, is be calm on the outside. Now, I'm not going to tell you to be calm on the inside because the likelihood of you being able to do that in most cases is probably not going to be real high. Project calmness. Why? Well, first of all, what you project and you put out, your mind is going to take that, and it's going to start to be reflected on the inside. That could not, might not happen instantaneously, but that calmness that you're projecting, that calmness that you're speaking, that calmness that you're acting out, that's going to begin to take over your mental processes, and you're going to calm down. The second thing that does is it communicates to everybody else around you, this is no big deal. I got this. Uh, regardless of how bad it looks, regardless of how bad it, it sounds, regardless of how bad it smells, <laughs> whatever the case may be, I got this. I- I'm trained. I'm prepared mentally. I'm prepared physically. And I got this. Project that calmness. And you'll see the, the circumstance, the situation, that calmness will begin to take place. Uh, and, and, and the situation, the tension in the situation will begin to come down. The last thing I'll tell you guys is after it's all said and done, we get through the crisis. Uh, we, you know, we, 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 we get everything settled down. We get everything cleaned up. We've written our reports, and, and, and we're done with the situation. The last thing I will tell you is, is when you have faced a crisis, 
the last thing you need to do in dealing with that crisis is take care of you. We all see and deal with some things in this line of work that are messed up. We hear people say things. We see people do things to other people. Uh, you know, we we find out what that what that inmate is is charged with, and and what what crime they're accused of committing, or maybe they're convicted of committing. And there's some some brutal and horrific stuff. Uh, we have conversations with people that uh, that we just can't believe that a human being ha- has done that or has had to deal with that. All that goes in. And that is going to impact us. And then you have the stress of a crisis situation. And, and heaven forbid, somebody loses their life or somebody's injured uh, traumatically in the process of it. That's going to impact us. That's going to affect us. Take care of you. There is no shame whatsoever, no shame whatsoever in talking to somebody, be it be it a parent, uh, be it a member of the clergy, be it a therapist, be it a counselor. Uh, whatever the case may be, make sure that you take care of you. Because guys, I'm going to tell you something. If we're not careful, this career will chew you up and spit you out. And I'm not talking about necessarily the physical altercations. Most importantly, though, it's the mental ones. It's the mental game. It's the, the things that we remember, the things that we've seen and heard and dealt with that eat us alive Guys, there's a reason the statistics about health and about suicidality and about uh, mental health and so forth and so on in this field, those numbers are so high. Take care of you. Well, guys, I hope that uh, this little this little uh, touch on dealing with a crisis, I hope there's some things that I uh, gave you some food for thought, uh, maybe some, some tips that maybe you can uh, make use of. Uh, but wear it out, guys. Wear it out. Let's make sure that we survive. Well, guys, Godspeed uh, to each of you. And as always, let's stay sharp. Let's stay safe. Let's stay vigilant.